The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm chapter 78, last time, Friday, we talked about the idea of our responsibility as an older generation to the next generation and a little bit of some of the decisions they will make. And honestly, we could spend weeks on those two topics and maybe one day we will. But right now, you know, simply there's so much more behind it. Today, we're going to pick up where where the passage left off, talking about some decisions that the children of Israel made. And uh, there's a lot of scripture. What I'll do is I'll read uh, a larger chunk of scripture here in just a moment as basically Basically, this chapter of Psalms walks through many of the decisions that were made in the wilderness while the children of Israel walked the wilderness. I'm going to start with this thought. We've all heard it. We all know the truth behind it. And it's simply, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. And that, that's not just true in American or world history. That's true in Christian and church history. As we look back, you know, sometimes we look back upon uh, other generations and how God worked in their life and mistakes they've made. And just like people today who say, well, that was, you know, this didn't work this time, but it will now. Or, you know, they messed up, but we won't. We'll do it better. Too many of us still believe that. We watch and we hear warnings from the old generation, but we, we throw off the warnings because we're convinced we can do it better. And uh, let me encourage you, I understand that there are times when the older generation speaks and, and we sit back and say things are different and things are a little different today, culturally, things of that nature. But I can tell you that in our decisions we make, in the direction we go, uh, there is no new thing under the sun, as Solomon said. So one of the things we have to be careful about is learning. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at what decisions that were made and these are poor decisions that were made by the children of Israel in the wilderness. And just hopefully pull a few thoughts and principles out for us today in evaluating decisions made, good and bad, by former generations. Let's begin picking up in verse number 9. The Bible says the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. They, they, they retreated. Verse 10, they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. And forget his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea, the Red Sea, and he caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime he also led them with a cloud, and all night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink out of a great depth. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused water to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock, and the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Though he had commanded the clouds of him above and opened the doors of heaven, and the rain fell down, manna upon them to eat, and had given them out of the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in heavens, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust, and feathered fowls like the sand of the sea. And he left it, let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitation. So they did eat, and were filled, for he gave them their own desire." 
They were not estranged from their lust, but while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote them and the men and children, men of Israel. So he, ta- he talks about all the things that happened from the time they went over the Red Sea through many decisions made in the time of the children of Israel in the wilderness. And simply put, the more God offered grace, the more that the children of Israel mocked and criticized and rebuked and fought against God. And the more they sinned and fought against God, the more grace he offered. Over in 38, verse 38 of this verse, there's an interesting thought that really gives a kind of a breakdown of really the heart of Jesus in all of this. Uh, Let's go to verse 37, I'm sorry. Their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. In many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes away and cometh not Again, I see these verses, these ones we just looked at, and I see, uh, I'll bring all this together, and we can see that when we see God's grace in the midst of a nation that constantly, not only did they go against God, they sinned against God, they mocked him, they, they didn't believe it. Can God make a take and prepare a table in the wilderness? And, and kind of like provoking God, proving what he can do. And, you know, we, think, we realize all of, you know, ultimately this is what resulted. They, they, get, to, they get to Canaan, they refuse to follow the, the, the truth of the two spies. They followed the 10 spies and they walked the wilderness for 40 years. All of them died. We're not allowed to go in the wilderness, go into the promised land. What we see here is, but in spite of that, God could have just said, I'm done with the children of Israel. And most of us in our flesh would have. You know, it's interesting to see this. It does reference um, once or twice the anger of God that was kindled. I hope we understand that sometimes, in, in today's culture especially, we view God as kind of like the teddy bear in the sky. You know, he, should, he doesn't have a right to ever get angry. He doesn't have a right to ever see sin as bad because, you know, it's just the way it is. We forget that he, he created us. He hates sin. Sin is a absolute affront to him. And then he placed his only son on the cross to pay the punishment for sin. That is how ugly sin is to him. And when he sees us do it, it is just disgusting. But yet in his great in his love, he keeps offering more and more and more grace. In fact, in Galatians, the Apostle Paul said this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. You know, that is just the constant love of God. So we go back and we look at this generation and what can we learn? What, what can we learn? First of all, that no matter how far we stray, God still desires to bring us in. He understands our weakness. He understands who we are, and He constantly loves us. He's constantly coming after us. He's constantly desiring for us to reconcile with Him. You know, I've seen one of the things we can learn is I've seen so many people over the years that for whatever reason, through hypocrisy or a rough situation, they've walked away from church, or they've walked away from God, and ultimately it begins a path. It begins a path where I'm just going to leave church for a little bit, or I'm going to stop coming to this service, or I'm going to go to this church. And, and by the way, sometimes going from one church to another is God's will. I hope you understand that. Sometimes leaving one, going to another is God's will. Not everybody who leaves the church is in sin, but sometimes they are. And so, or they're hurt, and they make a decision, instead of getting it right, they start a pattern that follows them where they're no longer anywhere close to God, which then obviously affects the next generation. We've seen that happen, and may what we can do is instead of repeating those mistakes, let's turn and see what the Bible says and get those things right. Find the biblical answer to those things. The, this group of people constantly, no matter how many miracles they saw God perform, 
constantly allowed their flesh and their selfishness and their murmuring, as, as the Old Testament calls it, to constantly be an affront to God's Can you imagine how, how much grace you offer to people? And no matter how much grace you offer to them, what do they do? They just spew anger and hurt right back at you. Now, sometimes hurting people just hurt people. and We got to dig through and find out what's really causing the hurt. And what can we do to help them? But sometimes it's just, it's just sinful. And I encourage us that we see those things and not, not repeat that. See, I can look back. A lot of times people say, well, I grew up like this or I saw this and it's just who I am. You know, we don't have to be like that. God has given us the victory of our past. God has given us the victory over our sin. It doesn't mean we're sinless. It just means sin no longer has to control us. We can grow through that. We can have grace and power over our sin, freedom from the control of our sin. We can have that. And that's one of the principles we learn from this, that God's grace is always there. That doesn't mean go out and live up any way we want because God's still going to forgive us. But what that means is that when we have made mistakes, when we come to God and he's ready to accept, ready and exciting to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know where you find yourself right now. And sometimes you listen to something like this and you find yourself away from God for whatever reason. And I guarantee you, in your mind, Satan has given you some kind of reason to believe it's, believe it's justified. Can I tell you, the reason you may not be by God right now doesn't matter. Where you are and why you're there really doesn't matter to God. The question is, are you willing to set those things aside and come back to God? Yeah, that might mean you may have to get things right with someone else. That's fine. That's great. What I want is for opportunity to rekindle relationships. But the key is, am I willing, am I desiring to accept God's grace and move, come back? It's not about where I'm at now. It's where I'm going to be tomorrow. You know, for those of us a little older, boy, let's, let's continue to go back. The first eight verses talked about this. We go back because we've been taught, and may we continue to teach the truths of, history, of our past as church and as Christians to our children, just like we do, just like we talk about American history, just like we talk about the greatness of the country. And yes, every country has its mistakes, but the sacrifices that our forefathers made to give us the country we have, the sacrifices that the military men and women right now give for us to have freedom, all those things that we enjoy, we look back and say, this is the foundation of our country. And boy, may we honor that. Just like we teach that, we should teach the same thing about the history of, of the church, history of what Christians have done in the past and how much God has loved us in spite of anything, and he continues to love us today, and we can hold on to that. May we learn from these things, grow closer to God. I feel like sometimes generations and generation, we, just through history, we get further and further away from God in spite of the more we know about God's grace and love. And may we take what we learn and help it draw us closer to God and not more indifferent about God. I love you. Thank you for the wonderful privilege you've given to us to be part of your day today. I hope that these truths are a help. I hope they inspire you as you walk in, walk in your journey with God to draw closer to Him, accept His grace, and wherever you are, continue to grow in Him. Again, thanks for joining us as we start this week off together, and we hope you'll join us again tomorrow. We look forward to seeing you then.